I am so happy that you're able to join us for this extended interview. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get more killer resources. Thank you so much for joining us for this extended interview with Johnny, where she shares how to stand out from your competition as a writer. Hey, Johnny. Hey, Debbie. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me here on this beautiful day in New York City and answering all of these ridiculous questions that I'm asking you. (laughs) I love your questions. They're fun. (laughs) How do you stand out as a writer when there's thousands of people literally vying to do what you want to do? I think the number one thing you can do is meet your deadline. Editors want to work with people who are reliable. There are a million great writers out there, but I would say less than 20% of them are truly 100% reliable, so you have to meet your deadlines. The other thing is, before you turn in any piece of work, you have to proofread it. Yes, they have editors on staff whose job it is to do that, but coming from the magazine industry myself, you have so much work on your plate and not enough time to do it. So the easier writers can make it for editors to do their job, the better. So you want to make sure that your writing is completely clean and free of errors. Capitalization is right. The punctuation is right. Make it as close to publish ready as possible. With any sort of porting, you're working with so many different people. There are so many moving pieces. Problems come up. Even though my number one rule is meet your deadlines, there will be the time that you can't. You just can't. Somebody ghosts you on an interview, or maybe you have a really bad case of writer's block. During those times, you need to communicate. Don't brush the problem under the rug. You have to speak up right away and so that the editor knows what's going on and she can make adjustments on her end. That kind of communication goes a long way to smoothing over problems and encouraging the editor to keep working with you. Pitch fresh ideas. You know, you might think you have the perfect article idea for this website and you go and you send it to the editor and she comes back, yeah, this is a perfect idea for us. That's why we wrote it a month ago. And there's nothing more embarrassing than saying, I love your site, here's an idea for you, and having them come back and say they've already done it before. So do your homework, read the magazines, read the websites, and make sure that your ideas have not already been done before. That will go a long way to showing an editor that you're serious about what you do. Finally, under-promise and over-deliver. I think this lesson can be applied to just about every business. So what I do is when I set a deadline with an editor, I try and get as much lead time as I can. You know, I might say, oh, I can't turn this around for four weeks. That being said, I try and turn it around in three weeks. I try and give the worst case scenario to them and then deliver a much better scenario. I I try and give them the worst thing that could happen, which is that I get the article in, in kind of a long time, four to six weeks, but they're so happy when you get it in early and, and when you are always managing expectations appropriately. You talked about pitching fresh ideas to editors and to publications. How do you usually find those fresh ideas and where do you get them? It is so hard, but I think this is why people say you can't be a journalist from behind a desk. You have to be out in the world. You have to be talking to people. I also read a lot, and I I try and read things that are being covered and, and look for people who maybe were written about in an article but not in an extensive way, and maybe they have a really interesting life. And surprisingly, people are almost always willing to talk if you just ask them. 
storytelling is all about people and you need to be connecting with people and asking them about their lives to start coming up with great ideas. How do you usually approach someone that you want to interview and write about, especially maybe you're intimidated or you just don't know how to approach them? So I try and use a little bit of flattery. A little bit of flattery can go a long way. I give them a brief note about myself and what the project is and where it will be published. And then I tell them why they're perfect for this article. You know, I don't go on and on. It's usually just two, maybe three sentences about uh, just to show that I've looked into them. I've maybe read some of their work or I've heard them speak somewhere. Let them know that that inspired me and I'd really like to learn more about that. And usually people are people are game for talking if you if you ask. What is it like when you're pitching to publications? Do you usually have an idea already or do you come up with an idea afterwards? So sometimes the, the first time you're working with somebody, you might need to come to them with an idea. And if they like your idea and they commission it and, the, and you do a great job, they like your work and that, that went smoothly, sometimes they come to you with assignments, which is really nice because it saves you time. You don't get paid for pitching articles. You get paid for writing them. So if they're coming to you with assignments that you're continuously interested in, that's how these relationships get built and that's how freelance writing becomes really sustainable. You know, to break into big markets, you have to keep pitching and you have to be comfortable with getting rejections. You know, nobody likes hearing, no, sorry, this isn't for us, but keep trying to sell that idea to other websites, other magazines, and eventually you will sell it if it's a good idea. And then you build the relationship from there. What would be something that someone can look forward to or something that they can expect when they're starting this career? One thing people can really look forward to is being able to talk to amazing people all the time. People in other careers don't necessarily have the opportunity to interview doctors and scientists and travelers and, and all kinds of other amazing people. And you get to learn so much from them and you don't have to pay for it. You know, I feel like I've, I've gotten so many lessons from people that just from writing about them that it has been really rewarding. And the same thing goes with experiences. You know, as a writer, you get to experience life. You get to go try amazing restaurants or go on cool trips or um, see new fashion lines. All of that is so fun and interesting that it's kind of what keeps you motivated when you are having those days that you're at the computer all day long because other days it's very experiential and you're out and about all the time and it's so fun and interesting. You're getting free education while you're working, so... (laughs) And you're learning so much. Uh, What a great career to have, for sure. Thank you so much, Johnny, for being here and for answering all of these questions. And I really appreciate it. Thank you, Debbie. I love your podcast. And this was so fun. Thanks, Johnny. I hope you enjoyed this extended interview with Johnny. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the full interview with Johnny where she shares how to become a freelance location independent writer. Hey, Offbeat family, I really appreciate you listening to this episode. I would love to hear more from you and what you think of the podcast. Suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, or maybe you just want to be friends. Why don't we chat some more on Facebook at The OB Life or send me a message at hello at theoffbeatlife.com. I can't wait to hear from you.